Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, hope you're having a great day today. Today is Joshua chapter 20, and I am excited about this one just because I love this idea. And if I were to give this one a title, it would be, you can't touch me, I'm on base. <laughs> we're going to get into that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe this uh, to this on the YouTubes. We're on our way to 1,000, so we can do some stuff around here. Also, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you are still my favorites. I love you so much. Make sure you leave us a five-star review, leave us a comment, and also, so go to the Bible Breakdown discussion and listen, there's like almost 200 of you jokers and like two of you are commenting. I don't want you just to read it. I want you to engage with us. Let us know. Let us know some tension points, some questions that you have. The more we dig, the more we find. Questions are not a bad thing. We can learn and we can grow together. And just as today, I love the idea of a city of refuge. And it's the idea of, you know, when I first looked at this myself, you know, back when we first started reading this, I didn't fully know what a city refuge was. And so I deep dive and studied it, and now I love it. And that's what is getting ready to happen. And so while you're getting your, your NLT Bible open to Joshua chapter 20, I want to remind you real quick that what has happened is, is the nation of Israel has now taken over the promised land. They're moving into the areas, and now they're going to set up these cities of refuge. And the best way I can think of a city of refuge is, you ever, you ever played a game called tag? What... The simple game is, is you have a group of people and one person is it. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but it is it. They, they are it. And they go and they chase everybody. And whenever they tag somebody, that person becomes it. And then they got to chase, they got to find somebody else to tag, right? There's one blessing when the game of tag and it's base. Now, when I was a kid, base was usually like, like the front, front porch, back deck, a car, something you could get to. And if you were being chased by it, you had one option, and that is to outrun it until you could get to base. And then when you, as soon as you touch that, as soon as you touch that base, was I'm on base, I'm on base, which means while I'm on base, you can't touch me. But the thing is, sometimes if it's between you and one other person, they sit there and they'd wait on you, but they couldn't touch you as long as you were on base. That is what a city of refuge is. As we're going to read about it, what happens is, is it's a place where someone can run to so that they can find a place of safety. And I love this idea, and I love what it is, and we're going to talk about this at the end. But first, let's read this, how Joshua sets up these cities of refuge, these bases, when the worst things happen. Let's read this together. Joshua chapter 20, verse 1 says this, The Lord said to Joshua, Now tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge as I instructed Moses. Anyone who kills another person accidentally or unintentionally can run to one of these cities, and they will be, there will be places of refuge for relatives seeking revenge for the people who are killed. Upon reaching these cities, the one who caused the death will appear before the elders at that city gate and present his case. They must allow him to enter the city and give him a place to live among them. If the relatives of the victim come to avenge the killing, the leaders must not release the slayer to them. For he killed another person unintentionally and without previous hostility. But the slayer must stay in that city and be tried by the local assembly, and they will render a judgment. He, then he must continue to live in that city until the death of the high priest who is at the office at the time of the accident. 
After that, he is free to return to his own home and to the town in which he fled. The following cities were designated as cities of refuge. Kadesh of Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, and the hill country of Judah. On the east side of the Jordan River, across from the Jordan, was the following cities were designated, Bezer and the wilderness plain of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth of Gilead in the territory of the tribe of Gad, and Golan of Bashan in the land of the tribe of Manasseh. These cities were set apart for all the Israelites as well as the foreigners living among them. Anyone who accidentally killed another person could take refuge in one of these cities, and in this way they could escape being killed or avenged prior to standing trial before the local assembly. Now, this is what I love about this. Think about this for a moment. As time would go on and people who had unfortunately killed someone, they would run to these cities. Well, if they are you know, innocent, I, I didn't mean to do it, they're allowed to stay. Well, then another person and another person until eventually what would happen, unfortunately, is now you would have a town full of people who had done a bad thing unintentionally, but they are the only ones that understand that new person that's coming. And so they become not just a city of refuge from being killed, but also people who understand. And this is what I want to talk about today. My hope for all of us is that we would never have a bad thing happen, right? Never want anything bad to happen in our lives. Everything's going to be great. Unfortunately, bad things do happen to good people. And when bad things happen to good people, I've heard people say this over and over again. You can either get bitter or you can get better. And one of the things I have learned many times is that when you go through something bad and God brings you through it and you start to find healing and you're growing in that healing, many times God will surround you with people who are either further along that you can receive strength from or people who are just getting started that you can be strength too. And so what I want to encourage you to do today is to see what you have gone through in your life, not as something that makes you unqualified for ministry, but rather you are the exact person that God wants to use to be a city of refuge to someone else. Because here's the thing, growing up, I, I never I never did drugs when I was in high school. I wasn't I was around it, but I was very blessed that I did I didn't do it. I didn't I didn't go through that. And so when I talk to someone who is grappling with drugs, I can tell talk to them from the idea of struggle and pain and all of that, but I can't talk to them specifically. But now I have friends who are very much in that scene. And so when they talk to them, it's just different. It just hits different because they get it and they know. And because they get it, because they know, you can just tell. It just hits different. Now, in my life, I can tell you what it looks like to grow up in the church. I can tell you what it looks like to love people, but be uh, be hurt by people who are supposed to love God. <laughs> you know, I can talk about you know those types of environments, and so other people who hadn't been around that, they they can tell them. But but I can sit there and go, oh man, oh I know exactly how that feels. And then I bet they did this right, and they go, oh yes, they did. How'd you know? Been there. But you know what? I could look at those moments in my life or the person who had been involved in drugs could look at those moments as moments that disqualify them from ministry. Or, you know what? No, I am now a city of refuge for somebody else. So that when they come to me and they go, man, I, 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 didn't, I didn't mean to fall into this place. I didn't mean for this to happen, but it did. Or they say, I meant to, but now I'm trying to do better. You go, I get it, and I know. So instead of casting judgment, I understand. And so what about you? 
What have you gone through in your life that the enemy would want to plant a seed or a lie that go, that is the very reason why you can't do ministry, why you don't matter, whatever. What if you looked at it the other way around and go, you know the exact reason why I can do ministry, the exact reason why I can make a difference is because I used to do those things. And now I can be a city of refuge for somebody else. You might be sitting on the greatest ministry you can imagine if you take that bad thing and now use it as an opportunity to be a city of refuge for somebody else. So my question for you today is, what have you been ashamed of that you need to turn into a ministry? Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you, God, that you don't waste anything. Even the worst moments of our life, you turn into the greatest moments where we're able to see you work in our lives. My prayer today, God, is that we won't see our lives for their limitations, but see them for the opportunities around us everywhere. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God's Word says in Joshua chapter 21, 45, and it's my prayer for you that you're, when you get to the end of your journey, you will say this, not a single one of all of God's good promises that the Lord had given was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. My prayer is that every one of God's dreams for you will be fulfilled in your generation and will continue to go forward in generations ahead. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow. Joshua chapter 21. <laughs>